Yes, Lord, we do. Thank you for the cross. God, we come and declare this morning how great you are. And we pray that as we continue now just to look at your word and focus again on the cross, that you would reveal yourself to us. God, we pray, continue to meet with us and continue to refresh us in your name. Amen. 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 Take your seats. Morning, those of you who don't know me, my name is Joe. I'm one of the staff members at the church. I oversee the youth work. Um, And this morning, we're carrying on our little mini-series that we've been doing over Easter. If you were here last week on Palm Sunday, you would have heard us talking about the message of being welcomed. So Jesus being welcomed. And this morning, we're going to look at the idea of Jesus being broken. So that he is broken for us. And then, if you come on Sunday, Steve, the senior pastor of the church, is looking at this idea of risen. Obviously, on Easter Sunday, as Jesus rises. And so this morning, we're looking at the idea of broken... It's a fact of life, isn't it, that things don't last forever. That's just like a, a fact of life. If you own a house, you're probably familiar with that. Things often, sooner or later, things fall apart and they break. Sometimes it's because when we was younger, um, me and my brother, fought, when I was about 14, indoor football was our favourite game, and so often things were broken. Um, and if you're like my family as well, seeing things always seem to all break at the same time. So the washing machine and the dishwasher and the oven all seem to break within the space of two weeks. And that's just life, isn't it? And uh, most of you are probably familiar with DIY. We all like a little bit of DIY. And uh, I put a few photos up, some of the the sort of favourite DIY tools, a little bit of no more nails or paint. And often, things in our house we get by, don't we? With a little bit of no more nails and we paint the skirting balls a few times or, you know, we a few covers of paint, a little bit of super glue. And often our buildings, our houses, our car or our furniture, it can be restored and sort of repaired quite easily sometimes, or sometimes even made to look a little bit better, just a little bit of DIY. But my observation, and you would probably agree with me, is that people aren't as easy. That people aren't restored as easy as our furniture, or as our cars, or as our buildings. Because in the end, the end of the day, like all of those things, us as people, sooner or later, we become broken, don't we? We become fractured in some way, and in many different ways. Even from my early 20s, I can understand that actually through life we go through many different things. Family breakdowns, relationship breakdowns, financial breakdowns. All of us go through breakdowns in some way or another. But people are far more complex and intricate, I guess, that it takes a little bit more than just some DIY, you know, some no more nails or a few coats of paint to actually restore us. The good news is, and one of the reasons we come this morning, is because we know that actually the God that we have just been worshipping, the God that we sing to, he actually specialises in restoring people. God specialises in restoring people. It says time and time again throughout Scripture that he binds up the broken heart, that he restores people. He brings us into a family. He is a God who restores. That is what he is about. It is one of his characteristics. That is part of who God is. One who restores us. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at that, how he restores the broken. And actually, when we talk about Good Friday, when we come here and we celebrate, it's because of this reason. It's because of the reason that Jesus himself was broken. The reason that God specialises in restoring broken people is because he himself was broken. And that's what we focus on this morning, isn't it? 
And that's why we gather this morning to remember but to celebrate. It's a celebration this morning that Jesus died on the cross for us. And actually, because he was broken, we can be made whole. Because Jesus was broken, we as people can be made whole. And we're going to explore that a little bit this morning. And I'm going to use a a passage from the Old Testament. And it's actually the passage that Simon's spoken words, which was just incredibly powerful and moving. Actually, it's based from this actual passage. And so we're going to read this passage together. It's from the Old Testament, a passage in Isaiah, one of the prophets. And just to give you a little bit of context about the passage before I read it, this passage was written some 700 years before Jesus was born. So it's written 700 years, but he's writing about Jesus. He was a prophet, Isaiah, and, he, and he, in this passage he's given a, a messianic prophecy, a prophecy, a prediction about the Messiah that is to come. So as I read this passage, as we read it, I want you just to bear that in mind, that he is writing and he's speaking about Jesus as he writes this. And so I'm going to read from verse 4. If you've got a Bible, it's uh, chapter 53, verse 4. If you don't, it should be on the screen behind me. And this is what Isaiah says, referring to the Messiah and referring to Jesus. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's an incredible passage in Isaiah. I would encourage you actually over the space of this weekend, if you get an opportunity, is to read the full chapter. There's lots in that chapter and it talks more and more about what we call the suffering servant or the man of sorrows about Jesus. And so over the course of this weekend, I would encourage you to go and read the rest of chapter 53. And because it's incredibly moving. And like I said, Simon explored it a little bit more in his spoken word. So I would just encourage you, if you get an opportunity to do that. I'm just going to focus on one verse this morning, and it's verse 5. I'm going to read it again for you. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds... We are healed. Isaiah here is quite explicitly stating that Jesus was pierced, crushed, and punished. Those are the the words that he used, that he was pierced, crushed, and punished. Because you see, the reality of the gospel, the reality of when we come together this morning about Good Friday, is the reality is that somebody, somebody had to be broken. Somebody had to be broken. Somebody had to take the punishment for our sin. Somebody had to take the consequence. You see, we often forget, I think sometimes, we, sometimes we look so much at God's grace and his mercy and his love, and he is all of those things in abundance. He is full of grace and mercy and love. But an attribute that we often seem to focus not so much on is the holiness of God. That he is, the Bible says, he is terrifyingly holy. That he is frighteningly and ferociously holy. He is full of awe and splendor and majesty and wonder. 
actually so much that in the Old Testament, if they were to ever come into God's presence, it says that his very holiness would kill them. They would be killed by even being in his presence. And that once a year, a priest could go into the temple place to be in God's presence and they tied a rope around his waist just in case he was killed by the very presence of God. They could drag him out by the rope. The presence of God is remarkably holy. And his holiness and his perfection, it causes us basically no right to be able to come into his presence. That Actually, we should fear him in a way. It says in the Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And our sin, because of his holiness and his perfection and his splendor, our sin, our wrongdoing, our mess, the things that we carry, it is offensive to God. It is offensive to him. It causes him to be angry. It causes us to be separated from him. That he, the holy God, we are unclean and unholy. And we are no longer at peace with God. That's what it creates, that we would no longer be at peace with him. It says in this Isaiah passage that all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. All of us have chosen, though created by God, to be with him, in relationship with him, to turn our back on him and wander in our own direction. It's funny that the sheep analogy, a pastor in America called Tim Keller, who leads a big church, he talks often about sheep. And he says that the reason the Bible talks about sheep a lot is because the sheep is a stupid animal, he says. If you don't know anything about farming, I was born in, in Downham. I've, I've not really been to many farms. But, um, but apparently sheep are stupid animals. And uh, at any opportunity they get, a sheep will try and wander off in its own direction. They are in desperate need of a shepherd. Because as soon as they see an opportunity, they will wander off on their own. They will try and get away. And so the Bible compares us to sheep. It's like we are like stupid animals. All of us have gone astray. We all, at any opportunity we get, we try to go off in our own direction and do things our way. And so all of us are guilty of that. All of us, like sheep, have done that. All of us have tried to do it on our own. And we stand here, and I stand here, the same, me, having done that. And the punishment for that, we are told, is that we should be broken. Is that we should have been the ones who suffer. We should be the ones who die because of that. The Bible is clear and explicit. It says the punishment for sin is death. The punishment for us rejecting God and going on our own is death. And so you see all of the wrong things that we have done, all of our sin, all of our mess, somebody had to pay the price for that. Somebody had to pay the price. Somebody had to die. Somebody had to die, because that is the consequence of sin. And it should have been us. It should have been me, for my own mess. It should have been you and I. And so when we come this morning, actually, as I come, and even as I'm speaking now, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed by the fact that God would choose his very own son to die instead of me. That he would choose to pour out his anger and his wrath or our sin. He would choose to pour that out on his very own son. That Jesus chose to stand in our place. That he took the beats that should have been ours. That he suffered in our place. And the reason he'd done that is that we now can have right standing before God. 
It is the most amazing thing. And that is why I say that this morning is a celebration. Because of that, because Jesus has taken our punishment, because Jesus himself was broken, because Jesus himself chose the cross, even though he was perfect and spotless and without blemish and without sin, because he done that, it says in Isaiah that by his wounds we are healed. We are free, we are saved, we have right standing before God. Jesus takes our mess, our rubbish, our sin, all of our bitterness and our anger and our lies, our deceit. And in exchange, he gives us his grace and his righteousness and his perfection. He died for all of the things that we've done. And in exchange, we get his perfection, his righteousness. And the most amazing thing about all of it is that it's all grace. It's all free, totally undeserved, a gift to us because he loved us so much. And so we come this morning and we can celebrate knowing that he loved us that much that he was willing to buy us with such a price. Salvation that we have is a gift that is free to us. But it cost Jesus everything. It cost him his life. It cost God his one and only son. And we come this morning and we reflect on that. That Jesus has made a way for us. He made a way for us to know the Father again. Although we was once away from the Father, he made a way for us to know him again, to be in his presence, to have a relationship with him, to be called sons and daughters, to be known by him. And by his very wounds, we are healed. And I'm just going to talk about that word healed quickly a little bit because our understanding of this word healed is far too narrow. So the When they talk about healed, when Isaiah mentions by his wounds we are healed, he isn't just talking about the physical understanding of the word healed, which is what we usually associate that with. Actually, that's far too narrow of an understanding. He's talking about actually we are to be made whole, not just physically, but spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. To be made whole in every single way. And so at the start of the message I said that, Because Jesus is broken, we can be made whole. And that is why. What Isaiah says in this passage, that is the reason why. Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus and what he did, because of Good Friday, because the fact that he went to the cross, that he carried his cross to Calvary, and that he was killed, we can be made whole. And that is why I said that it is good news. That is the good news of Christianity. And so this morning... We're not going to, I'm not going to speak for too much longer because we, I want us just to continue to reflect on that, actually, and come to Jesus. But actually, what it means is we have an opportunity to come to Jesus. We have an opportunity to come to him. Not with any guilt or any shame, because we know that actually he has dealt with all of that. That it is finished. Simon proclaimed it in his spoken word. It is finished. And so we know that we can come to him in joy, knowing that he has claimed victory for us, knowing that he has done it, knowing that he has restored us, knowing that he has made a way for us. And so this morning, we come to him, we gather and we worship him. We come to the cross and we fix our eyes again on Jesus. We fix our eyes again on him. We acknowledge that we are wretched sinners saved by amazing grace. That it's nothing to do with us. It's not about what we have done or what we will do. But we are saved by the amazing grace of God. And so this morning, we have an opportunity to come, to bring your burdens, 
to bring our brokenness, to bring our weakness, our pain, our worry, our hurt, our sorrow, and we can bring it to the cross. We bring it to the cross and we worship Jesus. And so I'm going to ask if, the, if Alex and Bill would come back up and in a moment I'm going to pray. And actually what I want us to do in this, we've got a little bit of time actually, just to respond to the goodness and the grace of God to us. That all of what Jesus went through is grace and it is a celebration and joy. And so this morning we're going to do that and I'm just going to pray. And what I'm going to ask you to do is as we stand we're going to sing a song that focuses on the cross, that points us to all that Jesus has done for us. And that you can know him. That the, the scripture is clear. It says that when we repent, when we acknowledge our wrongdoing, when we recognize our need for our saviour, when we recognize our own sin, and when we come before him, we are healed and we are saved and we are made whole. I'm going to pray and then we're going to worship together. Why don't we all stand? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you chose the cross. We thank you that you wasn't bullied or manipulated into dying for us, but that you chose the cross. God, and that as you did that, by your wounds we are healed. That because you were broken, we are made whole again. That because you died and suffered and took on our punishment, we can know you and celebrate in your goodness this morning. That we can come and stand in your very presence and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so God, we look to your cross again. We look to your goodness and we worship you. We sing hallelujah, you are worthy, you are holy, and you deserve all of our praise. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.